Greetings, NC Raw allies. We have another unique episode of the podcast for you today. We took the show on the road once again. Seems like over the last couple months, we've been given more and more opportunities to do just that. And uh, we're thoroughly loving engaging and meeting new folks and kind of taking the show on the road and being able to do that. So this time we are at the first ever Western North Carolina Recovery Alliance Regional Summit over at Lake Junaluska in Haywood County. We had the had an opportunity to kind of participate in the summit. It was an awesome day, jam-packed, um, really cool concept and idea where they brought together cross-sectors of recovery communities to kind of sit down and work together collectively to create solutions for best practices on addressing and approaching recovery services in our communities. Fabulous day. I absolutely loved it. But we were able to sit down with somebody who I have been trying to get on the podcast, who I've been talking to over the last couple months and working on trying to to set a date. My man, Jay Harris from East Carolina University. Jay is the collegiate recovery coordinator out there, and he's just a wealth of knowledge. Um, That's why I had reached out to him months ago to try to get him on the podcast. So I thoroughly enjoyed his conversation. We sat down for about an hour and talked about him, what he does at ECU, what he does as a recovery ally and advocate. And I I thoroughly enjoyed the the conversation. I learned a lot from the dude. He's an amazing cat. So give it up for my man, Mr. Jay Harris. Just an individual, living the miracle, standing divisible, connected to God and my physical. Essence of my spiritual presence is visible, totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed in my life is going through different intervals. Finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. It's why you stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance. Is that acceptable i get the rival expected to be exceptional and i'm a grown man handle business like a professional i get incredible leo conventional and you stopping me from chasing my dreams is the opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the ncr team and the individuals interviewed We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go, gentlemen. What's going on? Trevor Gates is back with us and my man Jay Harris. How's it going, everybody? This is the first time out of like the 30-something episodes that we've had two, meaning both of you guys, on the show, like two guests return within 30 days. Awesome. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Like really <laughs> right back at it. Um, but we had had a conversation 
Mr. Harris. Yes, sir. We had a conversation via Twitter like six, two or three months ago, yeah. maybe, yeah. talking about like coordinating and trying to get together. That's when you tagged me. Because I wanted to get you on the podcast. Right. And you sent me your email address. And then a couple of weeks later, I realized that we would be seeing each other at the Enlightened Recovery yeah. uh, conference over in Statesville. And we hooked up and we did a, a little bit. Yeah. But for me, that wasn't enough, man. I appreciate it. You're, man. you're like a wealth of knowledge. Um, I remember the first time I met you at Virginia Tech out there. And um, I enjoyed the conversation. And I've been kind of like following what you do. You have a, you're passionate about what you do, but you have a, like the same sort of like kind of vision that I do um, in regards to like using this rapidly evolving tech world yeah. and applying it to mental health and recovery and stuff like that. So um, now that I have you for like an hour, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and I, I do follow your podcast too, man. I, I've been trying to keep up with it as much as I can. Um, now that I have you here for like an hour, like, who are you, man? What do you do? That's an ex existential question. Yeah, that's where I'm going with <laughs> yeah. it. So my name is Jay Harris. I'm the ECU's Collegiate Recovery Community Coordinator at East Carolina University. And I serve in a lot of different roles, not just here on the campus and what I do there, but also out in the community. Uh, a couple of years ago, I got engaged with the North Carolina Recovery Alliance. So that's what we're here today. That's where we're at. Yeah. We're at the North Carolina... Recovery Advocacy Alliance. Recovery Advocacy Alliance. Western North Carolina yeah. Regional Summit. Mm -hmm. And what are, what's the like mission for today? It's a one-day summit, all day long, jam-packed with anybody and everybody that's involved in mental health and the yeah. recovery worlds. What are we working on today? So the idea really is understanding that for so long, we've operated in silos. Right, the prevention folks do what the prevention folks do, treatment folks do what treatment do, you know, what little bit of recovery there is in a community, they do what they can do, and there's not a whole lot of cross pollination or the idea, the convergence of ideas coming together. And our, you know, my good friend Tom Edwards had this thought one day of, what does recovery, collegiate recovery communities, um, on college campuses have to do with professional monitoring organizations and it's just amazing just to have that that idea yeah. like where does that idea come from right you know and on surface you say i mean how could they have anything to do with each other and he's he you know he proposed that question to a to a friend and they sat on it and they sat on it and they sat on it and then one night brian coon who's his you know his compadre says i got it Every person who was involved in professionally monitoring, whether it be a doctor, lawyer, nurse, at one point was a student. So that's the connection. Boom. That's the connection. Wow. Um, and over time now, it's really extended to include every aspect of this recovery-oriented systems of care in the community that we can possibly involve. Be clergy, law enforcement, um, drug courts, the gambit, you know. I think when we started, there were like five entities. Now there's almost 18. Doing what you do at ECU, how did you get involved with Tom and these guys, and kind of how did this come to life? 
honestly, I was thirsty for knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, collegiate recovery in our state popped up in like a Big Bang Theory almost, right? Like there was at one point there was nothing, and then the next week there were eight. Now there's like twenty, <laughs> and so we're. And we're you growing. played a you played a large role in that. Well, I was able to through the collaboration yeah. and things that you've yeah. that you've done. I was able to. Um, as a graduate student, learn a lot about what collegiate recovery is about and start the process of creating that on our own campus. Um, you know, thankfully, Governor Pat McCrory had a lot to do with sending the money for You can't do anything in this world without money um, and creating that space. And so the connection with Tom and all of this was in my thirst of knowledge and figuring out what this whole collegiate recovery world was about. I was invited to the first, one of the first state summits here in our state for this, the Re, um, Recovery Alliance. And in there, you know, really got involved in just understanding what the different aspects of it all was. And for me, we talked about this on the last podcast, messaging, right? Uh-huh. What is the message that we're getting out there that we want people to know about ending stigma and about substance use disorders and all of those type of things? So that was a topic of discussion at the table. And... I just kept feeding that, feeding that knowledge and yeah. feeling that thirst for knowledge. You're a recovery ally. Yes, sir. And that's why I want to kind of like step back and kind of like investigate how you got there. Like how did, what was that progression like in your life yeah. to where you went from a grad student mm-hmm. to becoming a collegiate recovery coordinator, right. advocate, advocate in the community, helping out and with things like this mm-hmm. like you went from like doing one thing to just like all in yeah right yeah. so you back it all the way up to even high school mm-hmm. um knowing and understanding that for me i had a lot of positive influences in my life my father being chief of that and having coaches in my life that would always you know check up on me i had the supports around me from day one to keep me on the straight and narrow. Um, again, I'm not in recovery, but understanding that in this life, we really just need mentors and we need folks around us that can just stay on us when we need it, but also give us that love that we need as well. And so coming through undergrad, that was my ambition. It was to know, be that mentor for somebody to be a else. Mentor, yeah. Okay. Um, now, let me ask you this. Were you, is that something that you were always aware of, or is that something that you recognized through um, self-reflection on your life and the self-care that you were learning probably in the classroom mm-hmm. and stuff like that? I think it's a mixture of both, but most of it was really just understanding and knowing, being self-aware enough to know that I had gotten nowhere in life without the people who were around me. Um, really recognizing yeah. that. Um, and, you know, the huge part of that was when my father passed when I was a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a village of folks on the campus at ECU that also supported me. Um, they rallied. They did. They really did. And they kept me on, the, kept me on track even when um, my grades weren't doing so great in that first year. Um, but, you know, able to stay in it, stay engaged and plugged in. Through so, the support of your peers peers and mentors on mm-hmm. campus. So you fast forward. Um, I learned about this treatment center in town for high school students. Didn't even not even know that high school students went to treatment. Did not think that was a thing. Wow. Um, 
and had the opportunity to do an internship there, fell in love with it, ended up working at the facility for five years. So in your grad school studies, you interned there during your grad studies? My under, I, undergrad. Undergrad. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just getting your feet wet, man. My, Diving yeah. right in. Yeah. yeah. Treatment center. Um, 90 day into, at one point, some students were staying with us nine months. But really, really build those relationships with young people. Fast forward, go to back to grad school, have to get my license, all of that. The idea of collegiate recovery is introduced, and I say, hey, the work that I'm doing on the treatment level can only be sustained if these students have opportunities after treatment. Collegiate recovery introduces its piece. I say, all right, this is where I'm headed next. And so that's where I've been in the last, in total now, eight years. And that's like, I mean, that's some pretty serious um, awareness because that's like pre opioid epidemic yeah. peaking yeah you know that's like before all of that we're talking 20 2012 2014 where a lot of this was happening and doing that internship with the kids yeah the 90-day program you immediately became became that mentor mm-hmm. that supported you in all those years yeah. and kept you going and kept you dude that's pretty that's badass man yeah that's pretty dope so I think what's happening today here at this summit, we're having all these professionals in the room, um, people in recovery, and I think that it, it touches on what I, what I like the most and what I'm hearing in, the, in that room is um, what you guys have set in place through that website. Mm-hmm. And it's what the biggest opportunity, I mean, we've all been to conference after conference right. after conference, and we meet some awesome folks, we exchange business cards, we shake hands, right? And a lot of times the conversation ends there. Mm-hmm. You don't see that person until the next conference. Right. They, beca- they become a conference friend or mm-hmm. somebody that you run into at these events. And these are the people on the front lines, man. Yeah. You, everybody else, these are the people on the front lines doing the work that are getting the feedback from what your community needs, what your campus needs. Um, and to, to be able to sit at a table with, five or six individuals from my community who are doing similar work, but who are doing work and to hear that feedback and then be able to take it to that social media platform that the Alliance has set up to continue that conversation, to exchange resources, to support each other. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what, that's the, Dude, I'm kind of lean. That's the missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I really think it is because there's a ton of people doing fabulous work in all of these communities. Everywhere I go, I meet a Jay Harris. Everywhere I go, I meet a Trevor Gates, right? Right. Um, but, and I'm guilty of it myself. I'm guilty of it. I meet, I see folks and then I don't, I never reach out. I never stay in contact with them. And like you said on, when you were talking this afternoon or this morning, it was like, picking up that phone, shooting an email, and scheduling a 30-minute conversation yeah. just to find out what, what you guys are doing. Um, that's going to that's gonna solve a lot of these problems, man. Yeah. But it takes a leader like you. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're involved in this stuff. Like, you're making it happen. What, um, based off of your experience at ECU, did you start that yes. collegiate recovery program? Yes. What I, was was that? I was part of the team that was able to develop that. What was the process like? <laughs> lightning in the bottle is what it was. Yeah. Um, there was an idea. And just as I kind of had the idea, the governor had his own things in, work, in the works as well. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and really of 
watching the anonymous people, right, and seeing what that looks like and seeing the what can be if, and then taking that idea to our higher-ups to say, hey, I would love to see this happen. And the response I got was, great, but how? And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure yet, but we'll figure it out. And within months, the governor comes to the campus of ECU to say, hey, we'll have six of these programs in the state, and ECU will be one of them. Wow. And I reached back out and say, hey, all right, it's time to go. I'm your guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to go. Yeah. And so I was able to be a part of that planning committee, that steering committee to understand Mm -hmm. what this looked like. And I took a lot of what I learned in the treatment sector to say these were the things that we did on a daily basis that worked. These are the things that were missing when students would leave to go on home visit or would graduate treatment, but you know, we have to return. So let's pull these pieces together and create that safe environment for students and to also work to change the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ECU is no stranger to controversy when it comes to alcohol and other the drugs. The lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> right, and so... And you probably were able to at least witness that firsthand, yeah. being a, a graduate. Undergraduate student, too. Yeah. And seeing that lifestyle. Yeah, I've been in Greenville now for 12 years. Where are you originally from? Salisbury. Okay. Yeah. Not too familiar with it, but... Yeah, well, just up from Statesville where we met last week. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You told me that. That's yeah. right, that's right, that's right. Um, what have been your biggest challenges with building this collegiate recovery program? I can still combat that stigma. Yeah. And slowly but surely. Specifically what? What part of it? Like students coming forward, students being empowered to tell their story, students feeling comfortable reaching out for help? I think the biggest thing is people understanding what recovery is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, as the what is the misconception? That... A person in active recovery is also a person who's in active addiction. Mm-hmm. So it's not very, it's not black and white. Right. It's a very blurred lines mm-hmm. between who's using yeah. you know, the, faces, the perception of somebody that's using the yeah. perception of somebody in recovery. The Faces and Voices research says that if you go to someone off the street and says, hey, I'm a person in long-term recovery, their immediate mm-hmm. response is, oh, you're trying to stop using substances. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm doing my internship with our collegiate recovery program Mm -hmm. at SEC this semester. And so we've had a few opportunities to be a part of, because administration just 100% supports us. Me me and Trevor approached them with the idea um, in combination with Lori Clancy's support. We approached them with the idea and we formed the student org. And Lori, extremely receptive. And Lori, um, you know, applied for funding and things like that. And so we've been blessed with opportunities to be a part of um, events, campus events, such as um, new student orientation and uh, resource day, things like that, where like other campus resources have things set up and students will kind of file through Mm -hmm. ice cream social and stuff like that. And I see that. Uh, specifically in the young people, when they approach my table and I start talking to them, like, we're the collegiate recovery program, immediate response is, yeah. oh, I, I don't have that problem. Right. I'm, not, I'm not one of, the, one of them. And they, like, literally, like, detour. Know how we, did, we know how we <laughs> went around that? Tell me. We say, oh, great. Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works. That works. 50% of our organization are allies. Yeah, yeah. 
Trevor is too. 50% of ours, me and him. No, yeah. good. Um, but yeah, and we were, you know, I'm able to like talk with him more about like the things that we do. I don't really talk about the things that I'm not. Right. I talk about the things that I do. Like this is what we do. We have two meditation groups a week. Mm-hmm. What does that do? That supports our mental health and overall well-being and reduces stress and things like that. Are you stressed out? You got finals coming up? Hey, come meditate with yeah. us. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that's, that's one of the angles that I, that I work. But just to watch them kind of like immediately detour um, from the conversation. But I've also had some pretty significant moments um, where students will approach me yeah. because I've been that face and I've been that person that's gone on stage and spoken and gone to these different events. I've had other students stop me in the hallway and say, hey, you're the guy that does refuge recovery, aren't you? Tell me about that. When do you guys meet? Right. I'm also in recovery. And like it's created conversations. Um, and again, we're like, you know, a much smaller scale right. operation as far as like. Uh, but you guys are doing some awesome work and it's showing like. It is. And the, 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 the biggest thing is that the, um, the administration, yeah. the support from them and them knowing that like we, we, our school will be on the forefront we'll be on the front side of this thing yeah. because like you hear all these numbers, right? You hear the 26 million people living in long-term recovery. Right. You hear the 75,000 overdose deaths right. per year. And what I envision happening is because of the number of, um, because of the work that we're doing, mm-hmm. because of the prevention work and the awareness work and meetings like what's taking place today, what I see happening is an influx of students in recovery um, enrolling in these schools. Right. There's going to be mass recovery for the, every 75,000 opioid overdose death. Right. There's going to be 75,000 people signing up to go back to school when they find recovery, mm-hmm. when they realize that ECU... Ha- not only has a collegiate recovery program, but has somebody like yourself that's more than willing to mentor these folks right. and be a part of their life. What is, what's an average day like for Jay Harris on the campus of ECU? Average day for me really is that building relationships, whether it's um, in counseling sessions or going out and speaking with classrooms or even you know pulling a professor aside to say hey this is who I am this is what I'm about this is what the organization is doing this is how we're here to serve you we're here to serve the campus mm-hmm. um, our new slogan for our collegiate recovery community is service enhances recovery the long drawn out part of that is service enhances gratitude gratitude enhances recovery and you know and so that's what we are we started a pantry on campus to serve those who are food insecure. And we're like, well, what does that have to do with recovery? Draw the parallels. They're they're there. If you you can't eat and have your basic needs met, you know, you can't do anything. How are you going to support your own recovery? Right. If those simple needs are met. What kind of, um, have you been able to establish some pretty significant relationships with professors and things like that? They're pretty receptive to... Well, you know, those conversations, I think one of the things that's always worked well for ECU Collegiate Recovery Community is my longstanding relationship with the university. Again, I've been in there 12 years. Alumni. Alumni. Undergrad, yeah. graduate school, graduated from the same department twice. And, 
you know, and so building those relationships, even when I was in undergrad, to go back to those, some of those professors to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Can I get 30 minutes in front of your class? I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Very little resistance. We're having this event. You know, offer some extra credit for your students to come out to this event. No resistance, yeah. you know? That's and beautiful, It's been man. huge. That's beautiful. Um, do you, let me ask you, like, a pretty honest question. Do you think, have you experienced or do you think that there are barriers have you experienced barriers with students in recovery because you're not a person in long-term recovery? I think initially, but the moment I'm able to really get in someone's life and really just kind of talk to them about what it is that we're about, why I'm even, why I care, um, you know, those, those ties change pretty quickly. And just be yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're like an easy to talk to dude. You're fun. Like I think one of the things that, um, was taught to me very early on too was no one will ever care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And just those like that level of values and the way character and mm-hmm. the way that you carry yourself and integrity and all of those things. You definitely made me feel like you cared when we officially met yeah. in Texas. We had, had a great time in Texas, you and I did. <laughs> tell me some tell me some stories, man. <laughs> I gotta hear a couple of Trevor stories from Texas. Let's talk about the baseball story. Oh God. <laughs> so I got. I basically had to go to the base the Astros baseball game with them because no one wanted to go to the comedy show. And when you're severely vision impaired in in a campus you don't know, it's you stay home or go with everybody else. And they were, we were, in not just the nosebleed seats, but we were in the broken nose seats. <laughs> it was so high up. They were helping me up, and I was like, how how much longer is this? And when we were sitting there, I got into the I got into the vibe of the game. I'm not much of a sport person. I wasn't even when I could see, but everybody would woo, and I'd woo along with them, and then ask him what what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so at least I wasn't the only one who couldn't see. You were cheering, and then immediately, Jay, what did I miss? Yeah. yeah. What was that? Why did we cheer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, we had a great time though. Uh, we were definitely in, like you said. Beyond the nosebleeds. They were literally pigeons hanging out with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to make sure that you guys were in a nice, safe, nice, safe environment out there, man. <laughs> Collegiate recovery is coming. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love it, man. I love it. Um, what, what do you envision happening next with what, what we're doing today at this summit? What's next? Like, yeah. where do we so the work, the work starts in the room. The ideas start in the room, but it's really what's happening tomorrow and the day after and the day after that. The individuals are in this room today. They're learning, they're learning each other. Some of them are meeting each other for the first time, but the relationships are being forged will better our communities, whether it's you know here in the West for sure, but across our state. One of the awesome things that we were able to see be done in the East through our statewide collaborations, was hold a forum on opioids and what that looked like on the college campus, but it connected law enforcement, um, North Carolina harm reduction, APNC, everyone that are a part of these advocacy groups here across our state to have these conversations on a meaningful level that really get it and understand it. Brought everybody together. Yeah. To have those conversations, what kind of turnout did you get? Like, who showed up? Everybody. The community. Yeah, the community. We had a we had a room on campus that held about a hundred folks, and it was standing room only. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, 
the Student Government Association was a part of that conversation. Okay. And, you know, whenever, as a collegiate recovery community, I'm sure a lot of you can, who will listen to you, your podcast, and know about collegiate recovery, know that whenever you can get an organization like a Student Government Association behind you, mm-hmm. just as it's important to get your administration to get behind you, students are what really make things happen. Yeah. And so having that If the support, students want it, they'll give it to you. Yeah, having that, the, um, the support of the students and the Student Government Association behind that was huge. We had never seen a room that big um, filled without um, collaboration of this order. Yeah. So can I ask you a question about um, something unrelated to this? Okay. Your stomach? How did you get involved with ARHG? And how has that played a hand in all that you've been doing? Yeah, so watching the anonymous people, ARHG was mentioned, I immediately went to the website, realized there were two schools in our state that were already connected. Um, and so understanding using the ARG website as a resource to build our program, finding out who the movers and shakers were there and getting plugged in, make, reaching out to the, um, to the, re, to the regional uh, representative at the time to say, hey, we're up and coming, this is what we need, this is what we're looking for. Um, and now I've stepped into that role as regional rep to do the same. So I'm supporting the community colleges and supporting the four-year universities in our state and across our region to do what we're now doing at ECU. Awesome. Dude, you wear a lot of hats, man. I do. How do you, uh, how do you find time to take care of Jay? By force. Yeah. By force. I know, um, you, I know you know the importance yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And Very it clearly. really is by force. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things of many times I feel like there's not enough hours in a day, but if I'm not taking time out for myself, I can't be enough help to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, my spirituality is a huge part of that. Um, me working out is a huge part of that. I work out three to five times a week. That's 5.30 in the morning. Get to the gym, get it done. I found Spartan races. I was going to ask you about that, yeah, my I, friend. I found Spartan races about uh-huh. 2015. Ran my first race in 2016. How many have you done since then? I've done 11 races. Ooh. Dude, <laughs> for somebody that doesn't isn't familiar with a sparring race, go ahead and yeah. So it was obstacle course mud runs, lots of picking up heavy things, jumping over things, jumping over fire, crawling on the barbed wire, jumping over fire, jumping over fire. Yeah. Have you seen any of the pictures that he's posted of it? Mm-mm. No. If those of you who are curious, you can check out my Instagram account. Go ahead it's and called, plug it. Plug it, baby. Forge for glory, um, and I'm sure. Um, Steve will post that for you guys yeah. as well. But, um, yeah, we have a lot of great fun, man. And it was something that I found was an outlet. I was a high school athlete, one that, you know, the only male athlete of my graduating class that participated in a sport all three seasons for all four years. Oh, wow. Um, so I stayed active. And when I lost that through um, college, I had to figure out a way to get back to it. What did you play, man? Um, football and track were my main sports. Yeah, so defensive back and um, 800, 400, middle distance. You didn't walk on at ECU, man? I had the opportunity to. Did um, you? Mars Hill actually wanted me pretty bad, uh-huh. and I almost came out this way for that. Oh, but, dude. yeah, but, you know. It's a tough decision. It was. It was. It was like little old Mars Hill. Yeah. ECU. And ECU was good at football then, too, so that, mm-hmm. was, that was a huge part of it. Yeah. <laughs> did you um, – Immediately, what did you study? What was your bachelor's in? Um, rehab services. Is that what first yeah. thing right nope. into that, or how did you? First thing was um, pre med. Okay. Yeah, but I found rehab services after I flunked chemistry. 
I need I to like, find something different. Yeah, I was like, uh, I can help people in other ways. Uh-huh. Take this alcohol class and see what it's about. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. but that's how it happened. I love it, bro. I love it. What's um, what's next for Jay Harris? Like, what are you gonna? I'm really enjoying advocacy. Uh-huh. I want to stay in collegiate recovery as long as I possibly can. But advocacy work and doing this groundwork like we're doing today is where my heart is. Yeah, you're you deliver the message well. Like seeing you on stage a couple times today and a couple weeks ago, like like you deliver the message well. You deliver it in a way that is receptive to. Not just the person in recovery, but the layperson, the family member, the, you know, anybody can receive it. Um, so I think that there's definitely something there, you know. Um, it also it also feels, and I know that's just from knowing you personally, but it, to the audience, it feels genuine, mm-hmm. right? Like you're there not to get your paycheck every two right. Fridays. You're there because you're passionate about this stuff, because you know the, ty- the impact that um, you can make on the lives of not just others but your community right like you're making a more like a global impact yeah Um, i said this on um my podcast this week you know this is a quote by terry tempest williams that the eyes of the future are looking back at us praying that we see beyond our own time yeah that's so true though it's so true talk about your podcast Oh. How, how how did you, where did the idea come from? Is it just something that like you were passionate about? You got into audiobooks, you listened yeah, to podcasts? Uh, like what? All of that, all of that. But it was one of those things of realizing that there wasn't a whole lot being said out there that either I didn't have some take on or some perspective that wasn't being fully put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being a young black male at a predominantly white institution, going to undergrad there for one was not necessarily a challenge, but it had its challenges. Working for PWI has some even more challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and so myself and my co-host, we both went to ECU together. We both now work at ECU. What's he do? He works on student affairs as well. Okay. So we're both student affairs, you know, being in the lives of students on a daily basis. Um, you got, like, multiple perspectives because you got the your personal student experience, mm-hmm. the students coming through your office, yeah. and then as an employee. Yeah, and so we really sat down one day and said, hey, what would this look like if you and I sat down and just had conversations? Mm-hmm. And the first episode was Chasing Your Dreams. And we talked about goal setting and all the stuff that we would have wanted someone to tell us when we were coming through, or had told us when we come, came through, um, and then also just other pieces of that conversation, and then looking at it from both sides. What was it like in our undergrad experiences? What is it like now in the professional world, and how we navigate that? Um, and so that's where we are, and we're one more episode away from completing season one, yeah. and we'll start back season two in um, February. Where can people find it? Um, Scott, professional coach of the podcast on SoundCloud. And hopefully in season two will be where all places of sound where you find your podcast. Okay, cool. I'll show you how we get it distributed out. It's super easy. Okay. It's free. We don't pay to awesome. pay to um, host it or anything like that. So I'll show you that. So I got one more question for you. Yes, sir. Be, um, being Phoenix Live, are you um, involved with the Collegiate Recovery Leadership Academy? Are you a mentor? I'm not. I'm not. Um, just one more hat that I could not fit on my head right now but what well I I appreciate that what I will tell you what I am doing is helping with the SAMHSA brass tax program and that's actually helping to um, mentor 
coordinators and folks who are interested in collegiate recovery find those resources and program and build their programs the way they would like to see it. What's the um what's the process like for coordinators and like how do they Honestly, it's not a natural hat for most of us wear. Yeah. Um, many of our coordinators are clinically trained mm-hmm. counselors, mental health professionals, and then we saw a need and said, all right, this is something we need to do. And now they're asking us as coordinators of a program to do event planning, marketing. The social media. The social media, <laughs> yeah. the budgets, all of this stuff that you don't learn in graduate school. And Things so that's, that's a challenge. Yeah, just like the, the administrative side, yeah. the budgets and accounting and things that – Do you are you responsible for, like, the grants, writing grants and stuff? I don't too, write or? grants yet, but that's next because, you know, this funding that we have from the state is coming to an end soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gotta so find some more. Gotta find some more money to keep this thing rolling. Are you the only employee for of the collegiate recovery? The only full time employee. Okay. What about dedicated students? To no student positions yet, or we have a few um, peer educators uh-huh. that help to kind of man some of the day to day type of stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to the nitty gritty, it's me and you know my supervisor who kind of oversees some stuff and says, all right, this looks good, or maybe double check this, but. I mean, when it comes to the day to day, it's me. Yeah. How much? What kind of um, what kind of events and supports do you guys offer to students? Um, we actually now have our monthly community meal. Um, that was something that we were able to establish through um our advancement um team on our campus. Um, get some in kind gifts of meals for our monthly meetings. We do a, a monthly self care. Um, stress management event with our therapy dogs in the counseling center, which is a huge, huge event. Last event, we had over 260 students there. You post that picture of that dog and everybody yeah, shows up, right? Yeah, man. You, uh-huh. you get dogs and pup, um, puppies and children <laughs> anywhere and you get a, you get a turnout. Yeah. Uh, um, and then we do some um, goal setting and things of that nature um, here and there. But a lot of it's just relationship building. Yeah. What about like support groups? Um, not terribly great right now yeah. um ideas pop up but getting them off the ground it's sometimes a challenge yeah we um we do a couple a week and like our biggest challenge because we're not uh, on a such a smaller scale where uh we don't have student housing right so like students come to campus to go to class and then they want to leave right mm-hmm. so like we've uh messed around with the scheduling over the last three semesters and we had a, we'd have a wave of attendance to where students would graduate, and then we'd have to find, you know yeah. what I mean? But um, what we found out would get the best attendance is, like, the lunch hour. But then you're asking students to, like, give up their lunch, give up their lunch yeah. to come and meditate with Steve and Trevor, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. for an hour. Um, and so, like, I'm still trying to, like, dial it in and figure out. But those who have participated um, have, you know, through conversations disclose how beneficial it's mm-hmm. been to to them and like my vision because a lot of the students who participate in our program because it's so new mm-hmm. come directly from our program they right. come from the human services and substance abuse program obviously for obvious reasons right. many of them like myself are in long-term recovery and what i've talked a lot with Lori about is that like there's a lot of students who um, will seek out, you know, uh, counsel in her. Like con- a lot of students will confide in mm-hmm. her, right? 
when when issues come up throughout the semester. Right. Like there'll be points in times throughout the semester where like there's a waiting a line to get into her office and they're all talking about personal issues, yeah. things that are going on. She gets mentioned every single episode. And my vision is like to get these students into in more involved right. into these programs to where like it frees up your schedule. You're spending how much of your time are you spending, you know, uh, consulting students yeah. over like things that we can work together on collectively. Right. You know, we're all, we all have the same assignments, right? Mm -hmm. We all have the same exams. We all have the same things going on. Like we can support each other. The students that are seeking that, um, seeking that assistance aren't showing up to group. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like, I'm trying to like bridge that gap. That's, you know, one that, of the funny things, I know we're kind of short on time, but one of the funny things happens is everybody's really great about being at the meetings yeah. in August and September. Yeah. And then when they're freaking out in October Crunch and November <laughs> is when they're not showing up and they need it the most. <laughs> no. Yeah. They are nowhere to be found. And, and I'm, I'm consistent, man. I'm like, he is. I'm consistent, man. I'm the, I'm there every day, whether yeah. I'm the only person that shows up or not. I'll sit in that room. It takes that, and I'll meditate. For, I'll do my 20 minute meditation, and I'll and I'll I'm going through the motions, mm -hmm. whether they show up or not. Like I said, we've had spikes where we'll get a good a semester, and we'll get a, a solid participation, and um, then it'll kind of like trickle down. Yeah. So, all right, close. We got like 10 minutes before lunch is over, right? And you gave up your lunch break I to did. sit down and talk with us. Got any closing words before we wrap this baby up and try to sneak in there and grab some food before it's over? No, I just appreciate you guys making the time to be yeah. out here, um, to bring all your gear and your equipment, because this has been really awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I want more time with you, yeah. man. Getting, getting to know you guys over the last few, I've known Trevor now for the last few months, um, and you here pretty recently, but getting to know you guys and seeing the work that you're doing is inspiring. These are the messages that folks need to hear when they ask about, well, what does collegiate recovery do? You have innovative students on these college campuses yeah. that are in recovery, and they just need an outlet. Yeah. And you guys are creating What a that. better place right, than this right, right here. Um, and th I think that's been, like, one of the most rewarding aspects of this entire project of NC Raw is that, like, when I – because. I see, so, I just like, I pay attention. Like mm -hmm. you, I'm on social media and I pay attention. If I, if something comes across my radar, I don't waste any time. I right. send them a message. I send them an email. I say, hey, this is, this is what we do. I would like to invite you on the show. And to see the, um, to see their response. Right. And how they feel privileged to be, you know, noticed and be asked to come on and then give them that outlet to share like I want to know I want to know what your life's like man these these stories are what keep me going right I was talking to a classmate yesterday about the future of the podcast and NC Raw and the extra things I want to add and do and um my long-term goals and things like that and I was like man I was like you know how many people in long-term recovery get a chance to sit down once a week and have a two hour, two hour plus, uninterrupted conversation about wellness, recovery, creating connections, and talk. I'm I'm privileged, man. Yeah. Like not many people get to do that. Not many people have those opportunities um, to really get to know somebody 
uh, find out what they're doing, find out what, what their life's like. Like, right. I want to know what, what the world looks like through your eyes, and I want to share that with our audience. Um, and just, I think there's, I want to stay on the front side of this technological yeah. boom. Like, there's so many things out there that we can, and I kind of, like, handed out a few last time, uh, but there's so many things out there that, like, can support those. Right. And, like, there's so much negativity out there. You talk about changing culture. I want to change the culture online. Yeah. I want to be able to create a space. And I think we're, you know, we're creatures of habit, and it takes a long time for us to learn, right? We're learning how to use this rapid form of communication, yeah. social media. And I think I, I trust in the, I trust in, in the, the capabilities of the human being to figure it out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of BS out there. But I think that the smoke will settle. I think that the waters will clear and we'll begin to, I don't know if it will happen in my lifetime, but we'll, we'll be able to, to use this tool to better ourselves right. and to support each other and to love each other and to like really use it in ways that um, will positively affect the world. It's huge. I really do, man. Let's go get some grub, y'all. All right, man. Let's do it. Jay Harris, I love you, bro. I, uh, I, I wish you were closer, man. I really do. Like, I don't want to, like, talk about this on air, but I'm going to share with you when we're done, like, what my original vision was for the podcast because I was inspired to, to do this from the last regional collegiate recovery conference at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Somebody there, I was watching some stuff there and listening, and, and somebody there is what inspired me to do this. I and mean, it didn't work out to what my original plan was okay. but this is the outcome here so thank you so much sir what? you are a badass thank Don't, you, <laughs> I, I love you dog thank you guys for tuning in to our special episode of nc raw hit up our website at www.ncraw.life to subscribe to the podcast when i send the show out i'm going to send out links to everything that ECU Collegiate Recovery is doing along with my man Jay's Instagram page so y'all can throw him a follow and check Definitely. out his Spartan stuff and all the awesome work he does. Thank you guys for tuning in.